Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yeah, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? What's going on? Make sure y'all hit the share button. What's going on, Miss Camille? How's everything going on with you? Everybody else out there, chime in. Let us know where you at, how you doing, and what's popping with you. Hey, Big Larry. Larry, what's up, man? How you feeling, bro? Man, exhausted, like I said, man. It's been a super busy weekend with family reunion yesterday, football practice mm-hmm. yesterday. Then we had the scrimmage game today. I uh, Just cutting grass. I just been out in the sun all weekend, bro. I'm still like yeah. skin, huh, Herms? That what- <laughs> Listen, don't get this food started. It is what it is, man. What's up with <laughs> you, bro? Hey, I, I want to start the show off by saying that it's time for us to crush the stereotype. Well, right. what? Hey, about? man, not all men need to be handy with tools, man. You know what I'm saying? What That's happened, the first- bro? Man, let me tell you what happened. Just tell them tell how you feel. Let me tell, let me tell you how I feel, man. I hey before I married my wife, I told her a hundred that hundred times I hey, I'm not the cool tool guy. I don't put stuff together. That's not what I do. How about she bought like a you know what I'm saying a garage full of outdoor furniture that's in boxes? Are we getting from IKEA? Bro, if no at home or something like that, but if it's in a box, that means what? It's not a symbol. <laughs> right. And I ain't see no dude behind her with a tool belt that's there to fix that stuff, man. So I'm thinking. What's what's the what's the what's the math right here? What's the motive? <laughs> so now I'm in the garage sweating my ass off trying to put this chair together, man. You know what I'm saying? Yo, with, with that little Allen wrench, my thumb is bruised up. Y'all see my bruised thumb? No, I ain't see your right on here, man. That's up here bitching about. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, go to YouTube. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, man. I need you out there complaining, man. But look, anyway, how's y'all weekend though? Outside of that, how was your weekend, bro? Weekend, man, weekend was good, man. One thing I do want to touch on, man, is that here in Clarksville, Tennessee, we had a shooting at a high school football game. Mm. Right? My daughter was there, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, she she didn't respond to that well. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, and it's like you think about what people been exposed to. Like, in, in bigger cities, if a shooting happens at, at, at a game, you know, I mean, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. In a city like this, you know, shooting happens. That's big news for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Eight shots happen, happen right over there by my truck. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my daughter was somewhere real safe. Yes. But, you know, I got to think about how that affects her. And, you know what I'm saying? Now, you know, how to help her through that type of stuff. You know what I mean? And, and it's crazy. We don't even think about that. It is, man. But even with that, too, man, it's like with my daughter, there's some things that is second nature to me but i have to understand she didn't raise up you know she wasn't raised the way i was so how do we have that conversation right like how do we say hey this is reality even though this is not your immediate reality but this is how the world you know responds or this is how the world is outside of tv and youtube you know what i'm talking about I'm gonna tell you one before we get into the show. One big difference, man. When I when I when I lived in North County over there in St. Louis and Florida, right? Yeah, I was sitting watching a, a Pee Wee football game, and I ain't making it, man. This is shots rang out. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't towards the field or nothing, but we was in the neighborhood, really. You know, because it was a park. Yeah, shots rang out, and nobody moved. You know what I'm saying? Everybody just kept watching the football game like that was like normal. I'm looking like, is that gunshots going on? And, and you know, the person I was like, yeah, you know, they just shoot. 
Shots rang out across you. Everybody hit the ground like it was we was in Iraq or something, man. I was like, what is going on, man? People on the ground crying. You know, you could just tell what people have been exposed to, how they Correct. react to things differently, man. It's crazy. Correct. Hey, so look, hey, uh, Larry, that's your neck of the woods. Like, how, how would you have respond? So I, we, we kind of respond based off the distance of the, of the gunfire. Right? right. So if it's real close, you start to move around. Like, oh, <laughs> but if it's like in a distance, like it's almost like when you deploy, you start hearing more than the first few months. You're like, oh, shoot. Right. And after a while, it's like you trying to look and see where it's at. So it mm-hmm. just depends, man. And I just hate to hear that that happened at a football game, just like the, the incident that happened in Texas where that man lost his life. The yeah. football coach. Ain't that crazy? It's like, come on, man. It's, it's peewee football. So. Hey. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, and, so, and, 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 and his brother, his brother was in the NFL, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, yeah. they they deeply uh, star in the NFL. They deeply involved in sports, and this is a pee wee scrimmage game yeah. between yeah. people that are supposed to have been friends. That was out of line. So, you know what? Hey, we're gonna use that to catalyst onto um, our uh, subject, man. And so, ladies and gentlemen, how do you prepare your family for the unexpected? Right. Because, for example, you can be at a football game on your own business. Pop, 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 boom. Right. You have to know how to how to react and, and or respond. How do you respond right. to that? But now we're going to switch gears a little bit to the financial side. Y'all. So I want to introduce to y'all a good, good brother of mine, Charles Richards. But let me tell you a little bit about this brother. OK, so he originally from Baltimore. Right. And, and now and he's uh, raised in the uh, in the St. Louis metro area. Right. In 2006. But his brother is outstanding. OK, he attended the U.S. Naval Academy and graduated you understand? In 2002 with a bachelor's degree in political science. So then he ended up coming to Edward Jones. All right. Edward Jones in 2014 because he wanted to help investors work towards achieving their financial goals. OK, he's also a volunteer and everything. Got a nice, beautiful family. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to go into all of that. Y'all get his brother. Nice round of applause. <laughs> yeah. Yo, what's up, Chuck? How you feeling? Hey. Uh, feeling great. Feeling great. Beautiful weekend here in the St. Louis metro area. And, uh, you know, can't complain. Can't complain. But definitely, Seth, you know, uh, just thank you for having me. Looking forward to sharing and answering questions also. No, no doubt. No cool. doubt. So, yeah. so look, man, we're going to start it off like this. Tell individuals your why behind what you do. Okay. Through your own words. What's your why, brother? Yeah, I would say it's just uh, for me, you know, it's always been about, you know, helping people, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, serving the country. And I know we've got, uh, you know, veterans here on the call on the podcast, but um, it was always about giving back and serving folks. So uh, that's a big part of my why, why I came to Edward Jones. Uh, You know, after I left active duty, I wanted to continue to, you know, really feel like when I go home at night and, uh, you know, you know, wrap up for the day, like, hey, I really made a positive difference, you know, helping people. So, uh, okay. so that's why I got into this role. All right. Well, speaking about being a positive influence and in helping people, right? I really want to know why is your position important? Why should people come talk to you? What can you do for them? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great question, Herman. And basically, you know, it is so important, uh, you know, just whenever you're talking, you know, finances, financial health, um, you know, that's really, you know, that's how you, you know, provide for your family. And, um, you know, even maybe when, you know, after you're long gone, that's how you can, you know, maybe leave a legacy 
But um, it's so important just to make sure that your finances are you know, in good order, not only for yourself, but uh, definitely if you have family, if you have loved ones, um, it's important to make sure that everything is, you know, all your ducks are in a row, so to say. Okay. Okay. And, and sticking on that same subject. So how, what are ways we can do that? Right. Cause we talked about life insurance backstage, but there's other ways and avenues, but can you speak on any ways, any common ways or any ways you think that the common folks could go about doing this? Just suggestions, not necessarily any particular brand, but just ways mm -hmm. to, to get them to thinking about that, what you just said. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and really what you're looking at, you know, doing is, you know, we tell folks, hey, you know, just get real with yourself, mm -hmm. you know, understand the first part is just to, you know, really, you know, understand, you know, what's important to you. And, and as a financial advisor, you know, I, you know, talk with folks every day, uh, you know, all over the country and, you know, getting them to open up and have a better understanding of what they're trying to achieve, what's most important to them. Um, and then from there, you know, basically we, we have an established process to help them, you know, come up with a plan and, and reach their goals. Okay. Um, but the plan is really, you know, step one, as far as what can you do is really just to come up with a plan. Um, and then from there, you know, implement it. So some of the most basic things that we can all do, as uh, as investors, um, in, in when, we, when I say investor, it doesn't have to be super. You don't have to have millions of dollars, right, to be an investor. Um, is really most of us through our employers have uh, some sort of employer sponsor plan, um, where typically, you know, especially if it's a larger company, uh, you're going to get some sort of matching. Uh, you know, that's essentially you know free money. Um, you know, definitely take advantage of those if your employer offers it. Uh, and then on top of that. You know, if you have earned income, we all have the ability to, you know, do a traditional or a Roth IRA or either you know, other types of investments, too, where you can utilize, you know, mutual funds, stocks, uh, things that will help grow your money, um, especially to beat inflation. And, and inflation's you know, definitely come to the forefront this past you know, year or so. But uh, definitely, you know, to grow your money, uh, not just put it in savings um, where it may get a small amount of interest. Uh, savings are good, right? You know, yeah. there's a different goal purpose for that. But as far as your long-term goals, uh, you know, the investments to help you get that higher return over over the time, over long term. Okay. Got you. So look, so check this out, everybody. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the share button. Okay. We're talking about how to prepare for the unexpected. News right. flash. Check it out. COVID is still out there. You dig what I'm saying? Individuals are still passing away. Then they get this other thing. What is it? The uh, dog pox? Uh, monkey pox, man. Monkey pox. This man said dog pox. Whatever it is, right? So, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure, make sure y'all hitting this and subscribe and you're sharing this on out because we're trying to help you to prevent you from having a GoFundMe and acting like, oh, my baby just died. No, look, it was going to happen eventually. You dig what I'm saying? But that's what we want to talk about. Go ahead, bro. Hey, so, hey, man. I make five fifty an hour though, and I'm living check to check, right? Uh, look, I didn't oh, think you was gonna say that. I'm gonna go right there because <laughs> hey, we don't know everybody. We don't know where everybody is at. Uh, real right. talk, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody's at financially, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some people are living just to get to the next day. You know what I'm saying? So you talking about people talk about investing? You know what I mean? Put some money in investments. If what advice can you give somebody that's living check to check? Um, making, you know, not that much money, how can they get 
to where they can start putting money away? What what advice mm-hmm. can you give them? Yeah, yeah, great question, Herman. And, um, and really, and I've come across that situation. Um, and as financial advisors, uh, there's something called regulation best interest. So uh, you know, we're required to work in the best interest, you know, of of clients, uh, you know, anyone that we speak to. Um, and before giving you know any sort of financial advice, a financial advisor, a competent one, should understand you know the basics of that individual situation. Um, so in, in these cases where maybe someone, let's say, you know, is uh, on an hourly wage and it may not be a, a large hourly rate wage, the first step, uh, even before they start investing for the long term, uh, I would recommend is just that they set up that emergency fund. Okay. Um, and it can be tough, especially if you're, you know, living check to check. But um, the way I put it is you've got to be able to crawl, you know, before you can walk. Right. So, um, you know, we don't want to get to the, you know, master's degree type stuff with investing when we haven't set up that basic foundation first. So I would say always, you know, if you can work on setting up that emergency fund uh, so you're not, you know, living as much paycheck to paycheck, that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the general recommendation is three to six months. So if you can okay. get to the point of three to six months of your living expenses, uh, that's just kind of a rule of thumb of where to you know, start for an emergency fund. And, and you may not have that three month point. That's okay. You know, get to one month first. You know, get to one month. Try to build that up slowly but surely. But I would say that would be the first step. Herm. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So that makes some sense. That's that's super dope. That's super dope. Yeah. And and then to your point, not everybody is there right now. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's important for individuals to start. Hey, pop, pop Mary up real quick. Okay. So, yeah, what you said so, was so, the way the economy is right now is very risky to invest in the stock market. But it's always risky, right? Am I am I wrong? Am I wrong, Chuck? Ain't, ain't yeah. investing uh, taking a risk? Yeah, and that's a great, great question. You know, and uh, when we look at this, there's always risk with any sort of investment. Uh, so I know earlier I talked about, right, but, you know, before any you know advisor should give any sort of investment advice, uh, they really need to understand what that individual is comfortable with. Uh, so what that entails is usually some sort of, you know, we call it a risk, you know, comfort or risk tolerance questionnaire, uh, because what one person may be comfortable with, you know, may not be what the other person is comfortable with. And usually when you're you know, given any sort of investment advice, you want to make sure it's tailored for you, you know, not for your neighbor, even though your neighbor may have the same job let's say same income and be the same age. Everybody's preferences are different. Mm. So, yes. So uh, great question. So you're, there's always risk with any sort of investment. Mm -hmm. um, But the question is, Hey, how much risk are you willing willing to to take? And, and then also the trade-off with that too, is that if you don't take any risk, there it is. uh, That's also a big risk you're taking too, because if your money isn't growing, um, at least to keep pace with inflation, See. you know, the real power, the real purchasing power is actually diminishing each year. Yep. Right. What so if you just have it sitting <clears throat> under the mattress or in savings, um, if you have too much of that where the money isn't actually growing, right. uh, that's a huge risk in itself right there. 
Mm. And that's why I always play the lottery, man, because yeah, you got to take risks. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, and look, hey, hey, hey Chuck. You, you can see how that gets <laughs> me, right? With that <laughs> Say it, man. Hey, one day, dog, it's going to be my time. But go ahead. Go ahead, Larry. <laughs> yeah. keep, keep, keep going with that. Yeah. Hey, Chuck, I and, and stand on this subject, too, because this is an important yeah. subject. I know she said that stocks are risky and it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. And that's with any investment like you hit on. But there's more options than, than just stocks, though, that, that people don't really realize. Like, it ain't just yep. stocks that you can invest in. There's bonds, Absolutely. there's CDs, there's deposits. I mean, there's a plethora of, of uh, options out there for you. So can yep. you hit on the importance of um, so somebody that's green, you know, that don't know anything about investments? And let's say, you know, we get our, our uh, what is it, the uh, tax income, income tax, you know, and mm-hmm. I get five, seven grand back. Okay, yep. I could take a little bit of that. And, and and invest and I'm coming to see you, Chuck. What you what, come on, Chuck? Talk to him. I'm trying to just yeah. set up something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say that definitely, and that's important because there are multiple types of investments. You hit on a great point, Larry. And so uh, you know, a lot of times folks think stocks, right? You know, you think a you know individual company. Um, however, you know, the, the largest type of investment that's out there, the most common is a mutual fund. Um, and that's typically what you may see in your employer plan, you know, such as the 401k. Um, and essentially what a, a mutual fund is, is, you know, a collection of stocks or bonds um, that are managed professionally. And, and what that's going to give you is going to give you some diversification. So that's one of the rules of the road that we're always big on. Right. Um, if you ever heard the saying, don't put your eggs in one basket, uh, that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, you do want to diversify. Uh, there's different types of investments. Uh, we know we talked about stocks, mutual funds. There's bonds out there. Larry, I think you mentioned CDs also. And the way I encourage folks to think about it, think about it as, you know, these are all the tools that are in your toolbox, right? Right. That'll help you achieve that goal, right? If you're building up for retirement, you've got this toolbox, you've got all these different things. You've got a hammer, you've got a screwdriver, a drill, all right? And they're all great, but you want to make sure you're using the right tool for the right purpose, right? Yeah. So, you know, the cash can be great for one area, right? That's great for your emergency fund, right? But the stocks, the mutual funds, depending on the right type, you know, that's typically going to be better for your long term goals. You know, the money that you don't plan on using maybe for 20, 30 years, you know, when you're in retirement. So, yo, I'm glad that you hit on that. So I'm about about to hit that real quick. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, make sure you hit the share button and let people know. Listen, you got somebody in your family right now that's stuffing the money underneath underneath their mattress because they don't trust the banks and everything. They're coming to get my money, whatever. All right. But this is the show to to help to uh, inform them. But this is the question, though, Chuck, because you were in the uh, Navy, right? I'm yeah. sorry, but you were in the Navy. And <laughs> so do you recall, even now to this day, young airmen or young, you know, sailors or soldiers, you see them going around, going down the, the wrong path and you want to say, look. Silly ass, this is what you need to be doing with your money, but you kind of curtail that. So how do you guide without too much pressure in selling? You get what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you communicate that to them? Yeah, yeah I would say, that, yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that, you know, you really just have to, you know, you know, meet them where they are as far as what their goals. I'd say the first step is really understanding, hey, what is, 
most important to this individual? What are their goals? And then from there, you know, we're able to, you know, basically formulate, you know, a tailored solution that will help, you know, them reach their goals. Um, you know, so if I, you know, talk to one person and they have a, a let's say, a different background or a different career, uh, the way I present that info may not resonate, you know, with them like it would, you know, someone else. So I would say that's the, the first part is, you know, folks, you know, you can get investment advice or anywhere, right? Uh, I would say the biggest thing in our industry that folks want is the ability to trust, right? Uh, no one's going to, you know, have you manage their money, their life savings, if they don't trust you first. You can be the smartest advisor in the world, uh, but they have to have that, you know, trust with you first. And and how do you do that? Is you have to understand that person individual. That's that's right. so important. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead, big arm. You know, so um, what I what I wanted to get into is a little bit about. Can we talk a little bit about about the company that you that you yeah. work for? Yeah, absolutely. What do they What do they do? Like, what is their function? And how can they help people achieve either financial freedom or ease or be in a better place financially? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Edward Jones, uh, you know, it's just a great, uh, great, great firm. And uh, basically, you know, what we do uh, is basically serve, you know, the serious long term, you know, individual investor. And uh, basically what that entails is, like I was mentioned, you know, getting to know folks, but also, you know, help guide them through our established process, you know, to to help them reach their goals. Um, so Edward Jones, we've been around. Actually, this is our 100 year anniversary this year. So been around since 1922, um, you know, established uh, here in St. Louis. So we're ER headquartered mm -hmm. here in St. Louis, but I uh, actually have the most offices um, across North America. So we're all throughout the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we serve over 7 million clients uh, and over 1 trillion, uh, over 1 trillion with the T, uh, you know, in assets under care. Uh, so that's really what we do, you know, is basically, again, getting to know folks, understand their goals, get them to know them on a personal basis. And then we do have an established process to help them reach their goals. And uh, when I talk about that process, not only is it growing the money, a lot of times we're talking about growing the money and, you know, stocks and mutual funds and make your money grow. And that's so important. But uh, it's so much more, uh, you know, as a financial advisor, we're also talking about how do you protect it? Uh, and when I talk protection, I'm talking about the what ifs, the stuff, the stuff that's not fun to talk about. Right. The life insurance, the long term care, um, estate planning, you know, something unexpected were to happen to someone, you know, driving home. You know, what's in place to make sure that they're, you know, surviving significant other, uh, yeah. that their kids are going to be good. taken care of financially. I got my uh, plan. So, so we talk about all of that, you know, as a no, financial advisor. I do. I, I got a fish fry plan. You know what I'm saying? Stop a fish it, fry. Man. Stop you it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, fish fries make a lot of money if they know how to fry the fish, dog. Bruh, but ain't you tired of the fish fries? No, <laughs> because see, the it, fish it, be good with the right hush puppies, man. I don't know what you're talking bro. about. Look, 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 look. See, that's the problem. Yes, yeah, it's like a eat. but no, but real talk though, it's like we avoid having those real crucial right. conversations. Yeah. You get what I'm saying, Chuck? And so, yeah. and like even Larry. Now check it out, Larry. Now you just had your family reunion, right? Did you have? Any conversations with the youth or individuals that's you know your 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 elders, if you will, about finances, like or or is it just hey they stuck in their ways? I'm not even gonna you know 
had a conversation. <laughs> you were saying no. combo, man. What was it, bro? What'd you do? It was just conversations to the youngins about college, man. Most of them was in high school, and I was just trying to push them to pursue your education, you know, if that's the route you want to take. Bro, yeah. yeah. Let me let me tell you something, man. It, it's tough to talk about mortality to people that you love. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like you know what I'm saying? We, we older folks, and we know that, you know what I'm saying, for the most part, a lot of our, our people are up there in age. And I remember one time somebody wanted one of my parents wanted to talk to me about um, what to do afterwards. And my mm -hmm. response is, man, I'm not trying to hear that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You think that your people going to live forever, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like something about that conversation about mortality. You never really even want to think about it. It's like you keep kicking that can down the road. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I'll, uh, you know, you know, speak up here too, because that's, that's the truth. And that's realistic. And that's across, you know, all different, you know, socioeconomical backgrounds. Um, you know, you do see that out there a lot. And, and I don't have the stat, you know, up front, but I know that the large, there's a large percentage of folks, even multimillionaires that do not have the basic, you know, estate plan set up. Are you serious? Uh, like how absolutely. do they stay rich though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is that, you know, you can have a high income, you can have a high net worth, millions of dollars, but not have the basics of a will or a trust, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. power of attorney yeah, no, set no, no, up. No. Uh, so so it, it is so important. It's so important to do that. And I can tell you my experience, I've been you know, a financial advisor for eight years. Um, you know, I've seen it to where folks have had their, you know, state plan set up. And it even if you don't want it for yourself, you know, do it for your loved ones, for your beneficiaries, because I can tell you, if you do have it in writing and you've talked about it, right? Not that you have to broadcast it to the world, but to your close, you know, maybe your kids. Um, if you do have that out there and folks know, it will help avoid so many issues. Right. When that, when that time does come. In the fights, uh, because the family fights. In the family fights, <laughs> uh, all of that. We've, we, I've seen it all, yeah. but uh, it definitely it makes it so much easier for the beneficiary. So even if you don't want to do it for yourself, mm -hmm. uh, it's well worth the money. And by the way, don't <laughs> say don't go online and do it yourself. Please see a competent, you know, estate planning attorney. It's so well worth the money to do it the right way. Um, and it just gives you peace of mind, right? So if right. something happens, you know that your wills are going to be carried out. And then your family knows too, and it avoids them fighting and all those sort of things too. There you go. And look, yeah. we're about to give it to Larry. Y'all check it out. But if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the share button and think about this conversation. Okay. We're trying to help y'all to prevent from fighting about grandmama's dishes. You understand what I'm saying? Get it prepared. All right. Because something's going to happen. Big mom ain't going to be there no more. And you don't say, oh, she loved me more. Right. It's a thousand of y'all. Shut up. Anyway, go ahead, Larry. <laughs> Yeah, uh -oh. hey Chuck, man. Right now, I'm taking a corporate finance class. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking a corporate finance class right now, and it's it's a lot of terms, principles, and concepts I gotta be familiar with when we're talking about investing in corporations, right? So, what do you guys do with that with Jones? Are you guys getting out into the community and uh, educating the young folks? And I say really the high schoolers. Do y'all have any kind of programs where you're starting to? to have that conversation about personal finance. Cause I know my son went to school this past a couple years ago and his senior year, he had a class called um, personal finance mm -hmm. and he ain't take it serious. He should have, but he didn't. Yeah. 
it's that's a great great point larry and uh definitely i wish that you know you know there was more formal education you know on just the financial side of things uh because you'd be surprised right you know just how uh, little folks know you know going into you know the real world as far as just you know just the basics of uh you know balancing a budget you know investing those sort of things and really unless your parents you know uh, you know taught you you know those basics um you know you're going to be behind so uh there are some schools where i know they have started you know a few of those courses which i think is great you know just the basics right just the basics and uh, at edward jones we have just recently within the past few years uh you know started doing what we call our financial fitness where we've gone out to schools uh, community colleges and uh, just done you know basic you know presentations on some of these basic skills you know balancing the budgets uh, the basics of investing uh, because you're right it is so important and uh, you know you do have to do it early you know we do have to you know really you know give this knowledge to the youth so they're more prepared hey hey herm let me ask you something bro when did you learn about bills and how to do finances like did your family tell you this before the military because bro mm -hmm. when like when I saw my mom's doing everything with the bills and, you know, we talk about or she was talking about finances. She wasn't talking to me. You dig what I'm saying? And so I didn't yeah. find out until later on, like, oh, well, look, maybe I need to know how to balance my budget. Like, when did you find out? I, th I thought my star car was free money. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I was in BX balling, man. I'm like, yeah, it's right that shit. Buy all that with my star car, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, Yo, what I get gas with man, it. Like, Wait a hey, minute. I, I thought that stuff. Today, when they asked me in the BX or PX, hey, you want to start calling? Like, y'all better get the hell away from me. You know what I mean? Because I that was the first time I had to get called to my commander's office because I thought that was free money. <laughs> I did I did not learn about finances and money. You know what I'm saying? I I I learned some of the bad things from what my stepfather was doing and whatnot, but I really mm -hmm. not learn about finances and money. I'm still learning to this day mm -hmm. about how to accumulate wealth and stuff like that. It's an ongoing process because I really didn't grow up into that education process. That's right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. So I got YouTube teaching me now. You know what I mean? So we're yeah. going to see how that goes. Right. But go ahead. Follow up question. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah. So, Chuck, I want to go into the question I just asked you about education. I want to mm -hmm. kind of spin it to recruiting, right? Because uh, when we think about financial uh, advisors, I'm, I'm just being honest. I don't think of black folks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's just not the picture that comes to mind. So yeah. with seeing you and having you on the show and you knowing so much about the well, in the industry with the eight years you've been in, do you see a push for more diversity? And, and I hate to Absolutely. really use that word, but what I'm asking for is like, I, you know, somebody like me, I may be more comfortable to talk to Chuck about my finances versus somebody mm -hmm. else. You know, I'm just being honest. So do yeah. you see a more of a push to kind of have a, a even representation for every Ethnicity, nationality out there, because I can't say that word. Go ahead. Ethnicity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Larry. Yes, and I'll answer that. And then there's also a question on the chat I just saw a little while ago about what scams and pitfalls to avoid. So I'm going to yep. answer that too. Yeah, don't let mm -hmm. me forget. Yeah, um, But yes, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, definitely there's a big push for uh, you know more diversity in our field, like a lot of industries, right? Uh, so when you look at the financial advisor industry, um, you know, there's you know not too much diversity at this point. Um, and, it, and that's the way it's been for years. 
Um, and then we're still a, a primarily male dominated you know, industry also. So we're looking for you know, more diverse individuals from the race and ethnicity standpoint, but then also from you know, the gender standpoint also. And uh, like you said, you know, uh, a lot of times studies have found that, you know, investors may be more, you know, comfortable, you know, having these conversations, you know, with someone that has similarities with them, you know, and so it is important and firms are doing that. Uh, and like I mentioned uh, before, you know, even from my background, you know, I didn't have, you know, the financial background, you know, budgeting, balancing a budget, yes. But when it comes to stocks, mutual funds, I really had no experience, you know, in that uh, realm. Uh, and it was something that, you know, not through any fault of my parents, but, you know, they didn't really have that experience either. So how could they pass that on to me? Right. Uh, so I really didn't get that experience until I got, you know, into the industry. Gotcha. Um, but it's yeah, definitely so, so important. Um, and one thing I'll bring up is that, like myself, right, I was a political science major um, at the Naval Academy. Uh, I don't come from a financial background. You know, I didn't major in corporate finance or anything along those ends. Uh, and for Edward Jones, I can speak of 70%. So we've got roughly 19,000 financial advisors across the U.S. and Canada. 70% of us, the vast majority, do, did not come from a financial background. Um, you know, but we're looking for the raw talent. You've got the talent, the drive. You're willing to help folks. You know, our firm trains folks to get licensed, um, you know, in this field. That's right. So yeah. look here, I'm, I'm going to get you that question for, yeah. our, um, for our listeners that, that can't see the screen. So this from Foots, he says, what type of scams mm -hmm. or pitfalls you need to be aware of to ensure someone is not taking advantage of you? That's a great, great, yeah. great question. Great question. And definitely when you're talking anything, finance is money. There are so many scams and pitfalls uh, out there, uh, you know, that you want to avoid, you know, the phishing scam, you know, the email, you know, lottery scam, all these things are out there. Uh, you know, folks, you know, oftentimes they're overseas too. Um, you know, this is just the US, but just uh, through the internet trying to, you know, essentially steal money. So um, definitely I would say that, you know, if, if it looks fishy, if it looks a little awkward, you know, you know, trust your gut instinct. Hey, this might not be right. You know, just uh, the wording of an email or clicking on a certain link, um, you know, because they have been able to steal. I mean, million, millions of dollars, uh, you know, is stolen, you know, internationally on a yearly basis. Mm. Um, you know, we have had I'm actually uh, Edward Jones. We have an entire department. Uh, dedicated, you know, to, you know, protecting client privacy, avoiding, you know, these sort of things. Um, but it is, you know, I think it's a full-time job, uh, you know, for the firm to make sure that we're protecting our clients' info uh, and helping them avoid these scams. Got so, you. Yeah. Got yeah, you. Definitely. No, I yeah. appreciate that. And, and so at least that's good to know that you guys do have some cybersecurity going on. Open right. Right. Go ahead, Big yeah. Hey, so, my question is, um, uh, it's a mindset question, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to people becoming more financial, financially secure, and um, the big thing is talking about financial freedom and generational wealth. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that, what are some of the things that you see are barriers that people have in their mind when they come to talk to you? How are they holding themselves back and how do you uh, advise them to get past that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, another great question, Herb. So, you know, really when it, uh, you know, comes down to it, uh, I think that a lot of folks, you know, one of the biggest barriers we see is uh, folks just thinking, oh, I'll just, I'll get to it at another time, right? Um, you know, and before you know it, you know, you're in your 20s, now you're in your 30s. We all know how fast time flies, right? Uh, you're in your 30s, now you're in your 40s. And uh, before you know it, you're looking, you're staring retirement, <laughs> you know, straight on. And so it is one of those things that whenever you're talking investing, um, the one thing you can never get back, and this is for life too, uh, you can't get time back, right? You can never get time back. And when you're looking at investing, uh, basically just the power of compounding interest and returns uh, and that power of time, if you're in a quality investment, you know, you're diversified, um, that is so, so powerful. So I'll say the, you know, one of the biggest things I really, you know, encourage folks to do is don't put it off, right? That's a big, big barrier is just folks thinking, oh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Um, it's never the perfect time, right? But uh, definitely do it now. You know, just come up with a plan. It may not be perfect, but at least come up with a plan, you know, put it in writing and we help folks do that. Mm. Okay. Yo, well, no, that's good. That's good. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about preparing for the unexpected. Okay. With Mr. Charles up in here, Charles Chuck <laughs> up in the building, right? Yes, yes, yes. So look, ladies and gentlemen, we want y'all questions. Okay. We want to make sure that if there's something that you've always wanted to know and you didn't know how to ask them and it can be you were embarrassed, right? It can be because of pride. You didn't know how to ask that question. Please do. So for example, like, where do you start? There's not a problem with asking that because you can start today and, but just have the intentions on having a goal and then consider everyone. Right? So for example, uh, Chuck, how do an individual consider their children? Okay. So let's say, for example, you like Herm, right? Getting $5.35, whatever the case, right? An hour. But then you also have two kids and then you have, you know, assistance from the government and everything. How do you balance that? But you want to prepare a future for your children. What would you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing is uh, what I always say, just give you the airplane analogy, right? So um, when you are boarding an airplane and the, you know, uh, flight attendants are going through, you know, giving you the brief right on the oxygen mask, the drop right. down. What, what do they always say? They say you put you your own first, mask on yep. first, right? And then take care of the kids. So, uh, but that's a great question because folks are oftentimes, especially if you've got a young family, you're trying to balance all these different uh, things. And financially, it can be, hey, saving for retirement or and or, you know, saving for a kid's college education. Right. And uh, what we look at is basically, right, you do want to, you know, typically, you know, prioritize the retirement first. Right. You can never take a loan for retirement. There's no retirement loans out there, mm -hmm. um, you know, but there are, you know, college scholarships. Right. There are student loans, financial aid, you know, for the kids. So mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, I say oftentimes, but a, a decent amount of times I've seen it where folks really want to put their kids first. I do have to remind them of that airplane analogy. You know, make sure that you're you know, taking care of your retirement first, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you know, uh, if folks do get to the point where they are starting, they want to start something for their kids, um, you know, there's definitely several options. Uh, you know, you haven't heard there's a 529 plan, something called a 529, 
a plan. Those are designed to help save for college education. Uh, and that money grows tax free uh, as long as it is used for, you know, educational expenses and costs, you know, tuition, books, room, board. Um, and there's a, a lot more flexibility to, with those compared to, uh, you know, even just several years ago. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be used, you know, the child doesn't have to go to, you know, Ivy League school, a four year school. It could be a junior college, vocational school, trade school. So there is a lot of flexibility with those 529s. Um, and then the other thing we see oftentimes is something called a custodial account. Mm. Uh, that's where you can uh, set up an account for a minor. Uh, you know, typically the parent or grandparent is managing it in the best interest uh, of that minor. Uh, and then once that minor becomes an adult, they get control of those assets. Mm. Uh, so it's just a way to kind of uh, kickstart an account for them. Mm. So oh. Check this out. My, my kids is my retirement plan. <laughs> they little asses better become something because, what? you know what I'm saying? You're so stupid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they better do something with their life, man, because I'm putting all my chips in with them. Yeah. You're so yeah. stupid. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chuck, here's my question for you. I, I have the, the set it and forget it mindset. Right. So yeah. what I'm talking about is I'm in one of those life term, life funds, lifetime, lifetime funds in the TSP mm -hmm. where it's yes. branched out 30 years from now. So it's more aggressive yeah. in the first 20 years or so. And then it becomes mm -hmm. more conservative as time as you get near your retirement. Uh, so Absolutely. my question to you is. For those schemes, you know, all those Ponzi schemes and all those, uh, you know, financial uh, corruption schemes that happened in the early 2000s up until now, mm -hmm. you got folks that are putting their money just in savings. They're like, you know what? I ain't messing with none of that. I'm going to put yeah. my 10, 20, 30, 40 plus thousand and just let it sit in, in savings and makes crumbs on the dollars, basically, yeah. you know, versus investing it. So what is your pitch to those individuals to kind of like, because yeah. I know that. Put a put a, a stain on financial advisors when they think about it. nah, yeah. I ain't giving you my my life savings of forty thousand mm -hmm. dollars so you can go and, and and go be on a yacht somewhere mm -hmm. out in, in in the ocean. So what is your what do you got as far as Edward Jones goes as yeah. how are you guys combating that kind of stigma? Yeah, yeah. So definitely, yeah. When you talk about the financial crisis back in uh, you know two thousand eight and the different schemes that have been out there, uh, definitely, I say that the one thing you do want to always look at is you know going with a a, a reputable firm, right? That's a a big first line of defense is to you know go with you know a firm that's got a great reputation, um, you know, and also has a great history. Um, oftentimes, with those um, Ponzi schemes, with those schemes that you saw. Uh, you know, there were, you know, investment managers, you know, promising these really extraordinary returns, right, in short periods of time. Um, and it's one of those things that you really have to look at, right? If it, if it sounds too good to be true, it, it probably is, right? And so, uh, you know, when we talk, look at investing for the long term, we are always encouraging folks, hey, stick with quality, you know, uh, invest for the long term. It is not a get rich quick thing. Uh, and so I would say that's really the, the big, big thing to stick with um, when you're looking at investing and combating that. Uh, the second one, Larry, is really, you know, just when we look at comparing it to cash, right? Because you do have some folks uh, that say, hey, I'm just you know, putting in savings, right? Uh, I know it's safe uh, and I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, and it just kind of goes back to what I talked about earlier is just that, you know, we know that inflation right? Super high now, but on average is two to 3% a year. And if your money isn't at least earning that, I mean, at a bare minimum, you're essentially losing money. You know, you're essentially losing money each year. 
And so we always look at historically, right? We always say, hey, you know, you we can't promise a certain return, but we can look at historical trends for, you know, this mutual fund or this stock. Um, history kind of gives us a guide and we've got, you know, 100 years worth of data to say, hey, it's not going to grow in a straight line, right? It, it doesn't move straight or diagonally, you know, without any peaks or valleys. But uh, definitely, you know, if you look at, you know, mutual fund XYZ, you know, what its value is now versus what it was in 1990, for example, you know, you're going to typically see that it's a much higher amount than if they had just left it in savings or checking. Yeah. Solid, solid. So I hear a lot of people talk about what's the fa the fastest way. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I don't think that question is necessarily bad. You know, they always talk about real estate investing, stock, starting a business, uh, different avenues when it talks about accumulating wealth. What is your philosophy on that? When people say, what is the fastest way? What is the easiest way? Or what is the way that you that you think, you know what I'm saying, is the best way somebody should be looking at as far as a vessel when it comes to accumulating wealth long term? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different things you can use. Right. It's just kind of that toolbox analogy. And it's this is where it is. going to oh, oh, Hold on. Hold on, Chuck. Don't ever talk about tools when you when you're talking to me. Okay. We've already talked about that. You know what I mean? No tools when we're speaking. Use another analogy. But go ahead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro, look, hey, look, I don't use tools, man. Yeah. I don't got a toolbox. And and Herb, you're the second guy like the past <laughs> month and a half of see where you say, you know, don't use tools whatsoever. You know, yeah. so I got actually, a Phillips and a uh, Phillips and yeah. a flathead. That's all I got in the hammer. That's yeah, the only yeah. tools I got. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> another advisor with our firm here in St. Louis, and he he doesn't even own a hammer. You know, so his wife does all the all the handiwork throughout the house. So, yes, no. <laughs> go ahead. But um, but yes, I, I use kitchen that, kitchenware. Go ahead. Kitchen I got you. Okay. <laughs> but I would say that you know, really, it, you know, it does come down Herb, to, you know, basically when you're when you're looking at you know the different things that you can you know use. Uh, it is going to depend on the individual, right? Because you are going to have some folks that are very successful business owners and really all of their worth, all of their net worth is tied up into that business. Um, you're going to have other folks that, you know, high income earners and maybe you've just been saving diligently, you know, in their 401k or their IRAs, you know, other investments. So it, it does depend on the individual as far as, you know, what's the fastest way Um but I like to say, hey, it's not a sprint. You know, if you're talking, you know, building wealth, you know, definitely is typically, you know, not always, right? There are some, you know, individuals that have gotten very wealthy very quickly, but that's not normal, right? That's not the norm. The statistics aren't, you know, in, in favor of that. Um, but building solid wealth typically has come over time and staying diligent, staying disciplined, and also diversified. Um, and you typically see those in, you know, quality, long-term investments, you know, the stock portfolio, mutual funds, um, et cetera. Dope. It is. All right. So last question from me, Chuck, is I just want to say for those individuals that, that are still on the fence, you know, they just yeah. still don't believe in just giving up that money okay. and, and investing in because they just don't trust the system. It's not necessarily you. It's not your company that you work for. It's just they just don't trust the system. You know, we came out of a pandemic where there was a lot of documentaries. Mm 
And we had a lot of time to sit around and watch TV. And it's like, nah, I just don't want the government or whoever making money off of me. But yeah. at the same time, as you mentioned, well, your money, you're losing money. If you're just sitting yeah. on a big stack of money, you you, you got to yeah. get out here and get invested. So, so, so the question I have for you, you know, is basically how do you go about your everyday interactions when you're seeing folks? Do you bring up the conversation? Of, do you have financial conversations with people or do it kind of like ease into it, you know, for you? Yeah. Because I know that's something yeah. that's probably always on your mind. You're always looking for new prospects and, yep. and, and, and folks. So how do you kind of break that ice to, to get that conversation? Yeah. Going? Yeah, I'll say that, I mean, the great thing, and that's a great question, Larry, is that, you know, definitely starting out, uh, I've been doing this for eight years, and uh, starting out, you were really, you know, trying to get your name out there. Um, and, and we still are to, to some degree, right? Um, as far as helping people, hey, I'm available to help folks out, uh, you know, with their with our financial services. Um, and then, it, you know, you do reach a point where uh, it actually becomes where, you know, the business finds you. Um, if you've got a great reputation, you're delivering great services, folks are naturally, it's that buzz advertising, folks are going to talk about you to their friends, uh, to their family. And it's just, uh, we've just been so blessed and so great to when uh, our phone rings or we get emails uh, from all over the country uh, where someone has been really pleased with us and, um, you know, they're interested in our services. Um, but one of the things I do always bring up is, you know, how we're compensated. I think one of the big things for our industry and establishing that trust as a financial advisor uh, is that folks know, hey, we're not doing this as a hobby, right? You know, we're not doing this for free. We are compensated, you know, for our time and our services, uh, for our research. Uh, and a big part of that is if, you know, we just are transparent about it. Hey, you know, these are the account offerings we have. You know, these are uh, the features, the benefits. Um, and then this is, you know, the costs associated with it. And, and of that cost, you know, so much goes to Edward Jones and then our branch receives a percentage. Uh, but just being trans, uh, transparent about it up front, I think, helps them to alleviate that, um, you know, that concern. You know, we and I'm always the one to bring it up. If, if they don't ask, I'm going to bring it up uh, so they don't leave my office or leave that Zoom meeting. Uh, you know, how does you know, how does Chuck, how does Edward Jones get paid? You know, we're very transparent and upfront about it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, Chuck. So got a question for you. All right. Yeah. So this is uh, the black collar corner mm -hmm. section. All right. So this is a question that's coming out of the book. You got the book, right? Mm -hmm. But um, the question is this in dealing with talking about finances with individuals, um, not everyone in, uh, you know, the, not everyone that you talk to have a good support group. So within the book, there's a chapter on there that talks in there that talks about building your squad. How do you communicate if necessary, as far as advising individuals? Hey, you want to make sure that your team or your household is on the same page with um, this financial type of future that you want. How do you formulate that conversation and how important is building a team for you? Yeah, yeah so it's, uh, it's super important. Uh, building a team is super important. And uh, the way I like to talk about it is that, you know, uh, no one knows every single thing, right? You know, there's some very smart individuals out there, but, you know, working together, we can achieve a lot more. And I'm not just saying that just because it sounds like it's true. Um, I don't know everything about every single type of investment. Um, but uh, Edward Jones, for example, his team, I can call our headquarters 
right here in St. Louis and speak to the subject matter experts uh, so I can get that info and then get it back to, you know, to our clients. Um, same thing when it comes to, you know, who we work with, you know, we are oftentimes working with, you know, families, uh, estate planning attorneys, you know, we, we were talking about the wills and the trust earlier um, to make sure that the financial part of the investments match up with that. Uh, and then also with their tax, with their tax professional. So their CPA, um, because if you're selling a stock or a mutual fund to buy a home, um, you know, your dream home, that's going to impact your taxes, right? And your CPA is probably going to want to have a heads up on that. So um, it, it is a, a team approach. It is a team effort. And, um, you know, talking about just the, the black collar mindset, also, you know, having just an understanding of those personalities, right? So it's, you know, not everybody that I know may, we may refer to the same attorney or the same tax professional. Um, you kind of think about the personality, say who's going to mesh well with that individual, uh, who may they connect to. So it's good to have several folks that you, know, you can kind of tailor it to that individual, you know, as far as the team. Dope, dope, dope. That was a real good one. Say that off the cuff. That's super, super dope. Super dope. All right, y'all. Fire round. All right. By the last word. Go ahead, Big Hurt. And he's muted. Unmute yourself. See here? Hey, you pulling the Larry. <laughs> I'm over. I'm over here just talking too. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> hey, uh, first I want to I want to thank the people that that tuned in to watch this show. Um, I, I feel like it was a very important show to watch. Um, a lot of people get embarrassed when they talk about finances. You know, as long as they get to pay their bills and stuff like that on time, or even a little bit late, they feel like they're fine. Full transparency, I really didn't even know my credit score until my 30s. You know what I'm saying? To like my mid-30s. I never really paid attention to that stuff. I was one of those guys that was really financially ignorant about where I stood and what I needed to do. You know what I mean? Um, it took a while. You know, it took a while for me to understand that that stuff was important and that I needed that stuff. And I'm doing my research to trying to catch up now with shows like these are important because these are steps to get your mind and that conscious thought that, you know what, I can't just keep just surviving to the next day thinking that that's okay. I need to be able to set my, when I pass that baton to my next generation, I need to make sure that I'm passing it the right way. You know what I mean? So Mr. Chuck, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. What you do is very important. And I, I need you to know that, you know, and I, I hope that you continue to stay intentional in what you're doing in order to bring that next generation up. So when the people like me that are coming up and coming to you, you're not judgmental. You, you understand that everybody comes up a different kind of way and you're able to help them. There you so go. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Ron. Solid. Solid. All right, McLaren. Man, gave me the, the Yeah, damn so I. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, funny. So, I just want to say, Chuck, I, I, I value your time. I know time is a commodity. It's one. Of the, it's one of the most expensive commodities we have because you can't get it back. Can't pay for it. There's no amount of money in the world that can pay for your time and getting it back. So, I value you being on the show for the hour, hour and a half that you gave to us and the um, the analysts you gave to the information you provided to the to the audience. So, to the audience, I want to say this: if you don't do anything else. We're establishing networks for you. We're providing this information to you on this platform. 
reach out to this gentleman and the previous subject matter expert that we brought onto the show. Establish those contacts and ask those questions because this is really important. Financial uh, investments and financial period affects all of us. So it's not just something that's just, oh, it don't apply to me, apply to them. This affects all of us. So establish that connection. Hopefully you get some new contacts out of this, even if it's just general questions about whatever it is. That's what we're trying to do is, and, and, and present on this show. So I just appreciate you coming on for that time because this is six o'clock in the evening. Like you could be anywhere else doing anything else and you're talking to us about important information. So I just hope our audience understands what we're trying to do here. And thank you again. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. All right, man. And listen, I'm not going to echo them. I'm not going to echo them at all because they hit the point. But what I would say, what I appreciate about you is bringing me into the fold when we're talking about how to diversify or what could Edward Jones do, right? So that was a whole nother separate conversation that we had. So I'm glad that we were able to have that transparent conversation. And then anybody that I could bring in to connect with you to understand what more that they do, I'm, I'm just grateful for being a part of, you know, that, that kind of network. So I want to give you the final word, brother. What do you have for our audience, man, in the lion's den? Yes. Now, I just want to first of all, just say, you know, thank you, Seth, Larry Herb. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is something that, you know, when you love what you're doing, right, it's not work to me, right? I'm passionate about it. Uh, so I love sharing this knowledge and being able to help out, you know, where I can. Uh, and I would just say that definitely, yes, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, you know, we see it all, all different spectrums, income. Don't worry about, you know, thinking, oh, it's, it's not a smart question. Ask the questions, you know, we do complimentary reviews. There's no cost or obligation, uh, you know, and, and having me give you some feedback, you know, on your plan, you know, reach out to me, you know, my uh, email address is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, other than that, you know, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, you know, just Charles Richards, Edward Jones, you'll see me come up, you'll see my picture pop up. But, um, you know, just love doing what I do. I'm really passionate about it. And uh, thanks for having me again. No doubt. Hey, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, look, this was the Lions Den. And if there's anything you want to know from Chuck, make sure you holler at him. Okay. So his email is right there. It's Charles dot richards at edwardjones.com okay this man knows what he's talking about extremely down to earth and i mean hey he can get you where you want to be or at least help you you see what i'm saying now it's up to you you got to make the steps i can't go to the gym and make sure that herm gets buff because it ain't working you did but anyway look at that look at that all that pudge and pudding you see what i'm saying hey hey what, hey, what was that when you was putting up the uh putting the front of you putting the front mm -hmm. of you no, the, the damn Allen wrench is this big, dog. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It's this small, and I'm trying to twist that little... Go ahead, man. Finish yeah. the show, damn it. <laughs> Yo, but look, that's what it is, everybody. Listen, we appreciate y'all for being on. We'll see y'all next week. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching this and wherever you're listening to it. We will be back, all right, next week. Appreciate y'all. One. Don't get left behind. Stay updated. Make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the Lions Pride Network.